is Dog Out West on Twitter and on Dog Sports itself. I am with the honorable and venerable Macon Dog today. Say hello. Hello. All right. So we I'll have the final version of National Signing Day today. What What are you thinking, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, it's a good class. 20, you know, 20 guys who fill needs that the Bulldogs had. Um, lower numbers probably than some people, myself included, thought that the Bulldogs would have at the beginning of the cycle. But we're in that position because of other good news. Um, you know, we forecast on dog sports that, uh, UGA would have 22 to 23 slots in this class. But when we did that, we were forecasting that Jordan Davis would be gone, that James Cook would be gone, uh, that we would probably have some additional attrition on the offensive line that we didn't have. Um, you know, things like that that are good problems to have. Um, you know, if you're Georgia, you fill the needs that you have with a class that, uh, you know, per player basis is right up there uh, among the best that UGA has ever recruited uh, in terms of, of that. Uh, you know, 34 players this year were ranked five-star recruits by 24-7 sports, um, and Georgia got greater than 10%. Georgia got four of them, uh, had a couple of other guys like Nyland Green and Tyree and Ingram Dawkins, uh, who frankly probably could have been uh, five-star recruits, just you know, depending on a couple of analysts' uh, evaluations of them. So just an outstanding okay. class. Uh, yeah, if you're Georgia, you, yeah, it's not a big, exciting February signing day. It rarely is under Kirby Smart, you know, other than the occasional George Pickens signing. Uh, you know, Kirby likes to go ahead and get it done. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they've already moved on to the class of 2022. Got a big pickup for that class today. Uh, yeah, I think if you're a Bulldog fan, uh, you had reason to be happy yesterday about the position of your program. You have the same reasons today. Yeah, you know, I think college football, specifically recruiting, but college football in general has become uh, so like headline focused and fans, especially fans on on Twitter and other social media are often like, oh, you know, Bama signed a bunch of five star guys today or had, you know, some some good signees to close the class. Georgia didn't. And that whole narrative of like Georgia can't catch Alabama. I'm seeing that today, like even normally logical, rational Georgia fans that I, I interact with uh, in some text threads and stuff like that. Like when, when Terry on arm committed to Alabama today, it was like the 2021 national title is, was canceled and that, you know, this whole Georgia's not gonna be able to catch Alabama thing came up. Um, what, you know, I guess, do you kind of have a take on, on the Arnold uh, miss? How big of a deal do you think it is? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a huge deal, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, again, the guy from this class who who I think a lot of people uh, – it's hard to say that a national top 150 recruit is underrated, but if there's an underrated recruit in Georgia's class, it might be Nyland Green. Um, again, he's a guy when you see him on film, uh, yeah, he looks in a lot of ways to me like uh, Richard LeCount did in high school, only – uh, he has the the blue chip measurables that, that Richie didn't have coming out. Um, you know, so I think you've got a guy who fills that kind of, of need, who can play safety, who can move over to the star and do all those things. Um, Georgia really needed help in the secondary. But the thing is, Georgia needs help now in the secondary. Georgia doesn't need help two years from now in the secondary. Um, they're going to probably pick that up through the transfer market. Um yeah, there are a couple of guys out there 
uh, who we've heard rumblings uh, may be interested uh, in coming to Athens. Yeah, I think Kirby Smart's going to see what's available in, in that regard. Um, the truth of the matter is when you lose your defensive backs coach two weeks before signing day, you shouldn't really be expecting to pick up a commitment from you know, a top in defensive back. Uh, that's that's just not how the world works. There's no way that uh, you know, Charleston Warren leaving was going to put Georgia in a good position with Terry on Arnold. Um, would Georgia have made room for him if he wanted to come to Athens? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, they would have done that. Uh, but it, it's not a, a game breaker in this class by any stretch. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's the interesting kind of thing about the the numbers that you were referring to a few minutes ago about, you know, this is a smaller class with, with 20 signees. You have to think, A, I like that you referred to it as the transfer market and so the transfer portal. That's a much more honest uh, describing word. But um, you got to think that probably between now and kickoff of next football season, Georgia will probably pick up somebody in the transfer portal. And there's always a ton of rumors out there of like who that might be. But do you feel – like secondary is kind of the biggest concern for the 2021 Georgia football team. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's number one with a bullet. Um, you look at the talent Georgia brings back on the defensive line. Um, you know, clearly Jordan Davis is the headliner, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Devonte Wyatt, huge contributor. Uh, Jalen Carter really stepped into uh, his role as a freshman. He's going to be back. Um, you've got Trevon Walker on the outside, Nolan Smith. All of those guys, uh, you, know, you load it in the linebacker core. Uh, you bring back Adam Anderson, who's probably going to be one of the premier pass rushers in the SEC next year. Um, you bring back, uh, you know, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, guys who, who are you know, legitimate uh, NFL early draft pick prospects. Um, yeah, it's it's defensively, it's the secondary. That's where Georgia is vulnerable, um, relatively speaking. And, and again, you've still got a lot of good players back there. The coaches love what they saw from Christopher Smith filling in late in the year. Um, I really like a lot of the stuff that Latavian Brenny did. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he played very physical. Uh, we saw some of that in the bowl game. His coverage skills, um, yeah, I think from from the safety slot are good. Um, you know, Lewis Sign obviously is a guy who, uh, you know, fans and coaches uh, love who, who steps into that range and safety kind of role. Um, you know, Georgia is not in bad shape as far as that goes, but they are going to need some young guys to step up. Um, they are going to need probably some guys like Amir Speed who have, have played right. limited backup roles um, to, to take some more snaps. Um, the good news, again, is that those guys um, – yeah, the reason they've not been starting is because they've been playing behind people like Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell and Richard LeCount, who who are legitimate, you know, first day NFL prospects. Um, and so, uh, you know, having played second string behind those guys and just sort of accumulating experience and developing as a player um, puts you in a position to succeed when you finally get that chance. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's a lot of experience there. Um... And I mean, I, I think that this conversation might might not feel as urgent to Georgia fans if Keely Ringo hadn't torn his shoulder up in preseason camp last year. Like if we had seen him on the field, you know, just what he was in high school, there's a it feels like there's a really good chance he's gonna be a strong contributor from the word go next year. So it's you know, I think that there's a lot of good players there. There's a reason that Georgia's had a lot of really good recruiting classes, and there's been a lot of guys in the secondary. So I think 
I appreciate the, you know, you being kind of the voice of reason on that matter. Um, with 2021 wrapped up, I mean, is there any guys in this class that you feel like are, uh, you know, big sleepers? Um, in, in terms of sleepers, no. And, and it's not because Kirby Smart and his staff uh, didn't go out and find those diamond in the rough kind of players. It's because at this point, um, yeah, they, they don't really need to. It, the guys who are in this class are all you know, highly rated blue chip prospects. Um, yeah, I'm talking about guys like uh, Nylon Green and Javon Bullard being, you know, uh, sort of the, the diamonds in the rough in this class. Let's, let's be honest. These guys are, are you know, four-star prospects uh, who had the chance to play at um, any number of other SEC programs. These, these are not guys you – know, these are not the Thomas Davises who, who Brian Van Gorder goes and finds in a gym playing basketball and says, hey, I – I think that guy could probably play football too. Let me let me go work him out, you know, behind the gym. And oh, look, you know, you, you found Thomas Davis. Um, you know, Georgia is not at that point as a program. Um, the guys who came in in this class are all players who are being expected to, to come in and compete for a team that's going to compete for a national title. So, um, yeah, sleeper is a very relative term. Again, the guy who I guys who I think from the class I expect to contribute very early, uh, probably more than people expect them to. Uh, I, I look at Nylon Green and I look at Tyree and Ingram Dawkins, uh, A, because I think there's there's room for somebody to move in in the secondary, uh, and I think Green is is polished enough to step into that role right now, uh, which a lot of players aren't. Uh, and, again, Ingram Dawkins, uh, you know, we've talked about some on dog sports, and we talked about this when he committed. Um, at the time, I thought he was criminally underrated as a prospect. Since then, he's moved up. Um, right. He's got unbelievable range and physical tools, um, you know, and is, is a guy who I, I think with good coaching, uh, which he's going to get from Trey Scott, um, is really going to remind people of uh, Jalen Carter in some ways. Um, as a guy who, who's just physically ready to play in the SEC right now, has a good first step that you just can't teach. I mean, you can't make a guy who's 6'5", 3'10", move like that uh, if he doesn't have the, the fast twitch muscle fiber to do it. Uh, that's not coaching. Um, there are just a very few individuals every year who can do that. Um, and from what I've seen, he's one of them. Uh, and I think that's going to be important for Georgia uh, you know, as we look to move on in 2022 uh, from Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Julian Rochester, those guys who've been stalwarts on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I think we were having a little uh, break up there, but I think we're good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think looking at, the, you know, my guy that I think I'm most excited about is probably Xavier Sori. just watching his tape. He does a lot of things well, but it's, he seems like a very instinctive linebacker. And with, you know, I think Quay Walker is a great, you know, Inside linebacker, like, you know, having a Kobe Dean there is great. Like the the middle of that linebacking core is pretty solidified. But I think it'll be interesting to see kind of who shakes out uh, at the outside linebacker positions because we like to play a lot of guys there. And you know, Adam Anderson, like you referenced, is a great pass rusher, but sometimes leaves a little to be desired against the run. So I think the balance of those two might be uh, a fun thing to watch. As we move towards 2022, um, you know, Georgia's already off to a hot, hot start. I feel like with the 
commitment of uh, Gunnar Stockton that probably locks up like another half dozen high four-star to five-star prospects that are just going to want to play with him. But what do you feel like is a priority for the 2022 class? Well, uh, they needed to get a couple of guys on the defensive front. They've already got that, obviously, with Bear Alexander and Tyre West. Um, you know, I think they'll probably add somebody in that regard as well. Um, you know, need at least one tailback, probably two in the class. And so that's going to be uh, an area where I think the commitment of Gunnar Stockton helps a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going ahead and locking that down. Also going to need some wide receivers. You know, some people were, I think, concerned about the 2021 wide receiver class. Um, you know, it's not as star studded, uh, perhaps as, as that 2020 class with Jermaine Burton, for example. Um, but the good news is that Georgia is really loaded in the class of 2022 at wide receiver. There are at least five guys uh, in the Peach State who have the potential to be uh, national top 140 or 150 type players um, at the wide receiver position. Uh, so Georgia's going to be fine there. I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, they do need to add to those numbers. I think a big question is going to be how things shake out this season. If uh, Georgia can, can take a step forward and play for a national championship or even win one, uh, then I think they're in great position to uh, be able to to sell prospects on the fact that uh, you know Kirby Smart, in addition to to recruiting well, can get them to the places that Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney have been getting the players they recruit. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's the rings, and it's also it's going to be interesting to see how this defensive back class that you know we've got a lot of guys that are about to be NFL draft eligible. It'll be fascinating to see how those guys kind of shake out in terms of, you know, where are they going to fall? Because between Stokes, Campbell, and Daniel, you may have three defensive backs that go in the the first three rounds of the draft, uh, and that will be a great selling point on the trail. It's almost like a guy like Terry on Arnold. You almost wonder if it was a year later, uh, would he have ended up in Athens? Um, We'll never know, obviously, but – I think, you know, a lot to look forward to in the 2022 class. Georgia's started as hot as ever, as anyone. Um, it will be, you know, the the thing about having a team that, that returns all of the receiving production that Georgia does and could find itself playing for a national title next year is you probably end up with a lot of early exits to the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how the staff tries to manage that. I feel like Kirby and – the staff has always done a really good job of kind of anticipating what guys might go early and filling those holes uh, a year early in recruiting. So do you have any final thoughts before we roll? Uh, No, no. I think uh, if you're a Georgia fan, you have to be just incredibly pleased with the fact that uh, if you look out over the past four years, there's not a position uh, on offense, defense, or special teams where you can say that Kirby Smart and his staff have under-recruited. Um, they've, they've built the roster that um, you know, they said uh, in 2016 they needed to build to be able to compete with Alabama. Um, if you look uh, at the roster as a whole, taking those 2017 through 2021 classes uh, together, um, Georgia is at this point on paper as talented as Alabama. They're as talented as Clemson, maybe more so. Uh, certainly as talented as Ohio State and Oklahoma. Um, you know, it's a continuation of the theme we've seen, which is you know, stacking the talent uh, on the roster such that you put yourself in a position annually to compete for national titles. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you have to feel like they're in that position now. Um, the the one kind of 
qualifying sort of ticket to entry with the the playoff and the national title seems to be elite quarterback play. And with Daniels on campus, Vandegrift coming in and Stockton behind him, you have to feel like that's that position's pretty much secured for the next four seasons. So I don't see why you wouldn't be optimistic if you're a Georgia fan. Um, you know, I feel like signing day is always either uh, everyone's really excited and national title party being planned or the season might as well be canceled, but the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. So Jeremy, thank you for your time this, uh, this afternoon slash evening. And uh, we will uh, come back here on dog sports live next time. There's something to talk about. If you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is dog sports.